Hello, everybody, and welcome to You Files Your Taxes Your Way podcast. My name is Ida Celli, and I'm with my uh, our tax expert and my colleague Jerry Vidaratis. Hi, Jerry. How are you? How's it going, Ida? Hopefully, everything pretty, good. Pretty good yourself. Pretty good, pretty good. Still cooped up in the house, but uh, at least we're safe and sound. That's that's, that's right, all that and it's a beautiful day out there. Yes, absolutely. Spring is here, so. Absolutely, absolutely. So, what are we right. talking about today? Today, our, our subject is the sharing economy and the pandemic. As okay. we we've noticed, some people, um, in order to you know to be able to have some income, have taken some little side jobs. Uh, in order to to make their budget meets. It's not only during the pandemic, this happens all year round now, but uh, what are the examples that fall within this um, gig economy? Uh, you know, the, the the typical example would be uh, would be essentially the uh, sharing economy type of apps, right? So we're talking about uh, Uber uh, for taxi services. We're talking about uh, Uber Eats and Skip the Dishes uh, when it comes to deliveries, you know, food delivery uh, services. So these are the typical examples of of what people are using right now, you know, quite frankly, to make ends meet. Let's not kid ourselves. The pandemic mm -hmm. has been really harsh uh, right now for everybody. A lot of people, you know, a lot of people right now, we're in 2021. A lot of people, some of them have not even gotten their jobs back uh, since the beginning of this pandemic, which was last year. Uh, so in order to make ends meet, you know, they, they, they start doing what's called, you know, certain gigs on the side, right? And that's essentially what these sharing economy apps allow you to do. In a very quick and efficient and easy way, uh, you can start making money on the side using those apps such as Uber or Uber Eats or Skip the Dishes. Okay, people uh, earning some income from these kind of, of uh, odd jobs, let's call them, or gig economy jobs, uh, what are they considered uh, for tax purposes? So they're considered self-employed. Okay, simple as that. So this is essentially for the government, this is a self-employment income or like a business, okay? Uh, so that's essentially what it is. So it's not considered employment income because this is essentially a gig. You know, you're doing this on the side, okay? And what the government would consider this is essentially, uh, you know, uh, a business income. And in that case, you would be required to file specific forms uh, to, to include that income, which is the T2125. And if you are a resident of Quebec, you would have to also include a TP80 form. Uh, so just remember this income is taxable, okay? It's, it's considered a business, consider self-employment income, so therefore it is taxable income on your tax return. Okay, what would you tell these people how to start to get organized in order to be able to report uh, this income on their taxes? My biggest tip to everybody uh, would be to get a really good, a really good uh, accounting app. Okay, so so find yourself a really good accounting app. Just like you know, I mean, I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Uber and Uber Eats and 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 Skip. This is really revolutionary technology, right? Within a couple of clicks, within a couple of minutes, you, you you're basically you have your own business, right? And you're able to start making money pretty much right away. And they funnel clients towards you, right? That's essentially what these apps do. Well, there's also innovative apps when it comes to tracking your income and your expenses. Okay, and there's a lot of really great apps out there, very innovative that you can use in order order to, you know, be able to properly account for all the income and the expenses that you have. So I would strongly urge everybody to invest in one of these applications. This, you know, you might think it's expensive, but believe me, it is not expensive in the grand scheme of things if it could properly produce for you and track for you all of your income and expenses. And what else is important? We need to keep the receipts, right? You have to be able to track, okay? You have to be able to track these expenses, okay? Uh, and when it comes to things like uh, like uh, Uber and Uber Eats and Skip the Dishes, there's one commonality between these apps is that you're using your vehicle, 
Okay, you're using your car in order to gain that income. Okay, that's the commonality. And because of that, the CRA is going to require you to keep a logbook. Okay, and the logbook, the purpose of it is uh, to track your business mileage. Okay, so of course, for a lot of these individuals, you know, unlike somebody who's got a taxi, a standard taxi license, these individuals are using Uber or Uber Eats to skip the dishes. They're using their own vehicle, okay, to provide these services, right? Uh, so of course, your own vehicle, you're not using it 100% percent for the business. Okay. It's a personal vehicle. You're using it for, for your own personal reasons and you're using it for the business. So because of that, you have to start tracking your business mileage and you do that through a logbook. Okay. So now in the first year, the government's going to require you to keep a logbook for the entire year. Okay. Really track meticulously the, the business mileage that you are doing. As of the second year, they're only going to ask you to pick a representative quarter of the year and track your mileage in a logbook for that quarter of the year. Now, again, you might say to yourself, well, how do I do this? Again, technology is your friend. Just like these innovative apps, there's innovative apps that track the mileage for you as well, that use GPS technology as well. Okay, so again, well worth it to invest in one of these applications, whether it's an accounting application that might do it for you already, or whether you need to do, use two applications, an accounting application and one that tracks your business mileage, okay? Be sure to use those applications. Okay, so in other words, your your car expenses are deductible, are tax deductible in this case. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that would be your main. So, of course, by being self-employed, uh, now you are in, you are entitled to deduct expenses, right? That's that's the one major difference between an employee and somebody who's self-employed. With an employee, there are very strict rules as far as what they can deduct and what they're allowed, not allowed to deduct. We did a podcast about this previously, right? About you know th those people who are who are uh, those employees who are required to work from home, for example. Okay, but when it comes to self-employed, there's a broad spectrum of expenses that you can claim. Remember that any expense that is incurred in order for you to make money becomes an eligible expense. That's what we call the general limitation. Okay. So as long as the expense was incurred to make you money, you can deduct it. And of course, when it comes to these sharing economy applications, okay, uh, your vehicle is your expense. Okay. That's your main expense when it comes, uh, when it comes to what you can deduct. Now, what are examples of expenses you can deduct with your vehicle? Well, you're talking uh, maintenance, repairs, uh, fuel, depreciation, uh, leasing fees, if you're leasing the car, for example, insurance, license, and registration. Okay, so these are typical examples. If you own your vehicle, then you're allowed to depreciate your vehicle as well. You can't deduct the full payments that you're making, but you're allowed to, to, to use as an expense the depreciation based on the value of your vehicle. And usually the government allows you 30%, okay, every year on a declining balance uh, as a deduction, as an expense uh, for ownership of your vehicle. Now, if we go full circle again to the logbook, this is why now the logbook becomes important. Because for all these expenses that I just mentioned right now, you can only claim them on a prorated basis. Okay, you can't claim the full expense of these. So the logbook will determine what your proration percentage will be. So for example, if you're using the vehicle, 30% of the mileage of the vehicle was used for the purposes of these applications of, you know, of the side gig that you're doing, well, then all these expenses that I just mentioned right now, you're only allowed to claim 30% of the value of those expenses. Okay, uh, what about a home office expense? Is anything deductible for that? 
Yes. So we mentioned before, you know, that employees are entitled to home office expense, especially this year with the pandemic. As we know, we did a podcast on that previously on YouTube uh, and on the other uh, and on the audio podcast as well. Okay. For a self-employed uh, individual. Yes. And, and, and much more than what an employee would normally be allowed to deduct. Okay. So if, for example, you're, you're doing consulting work, for example, okay. Uh, and you're getting consulting fees for your consulting work and you're working and your base is from your home office. Well, you're entitled to deduct certain expenses uh, for uh, for your business in this case. Now, what are some examples, okay, of the uh, of expenses you can deduct? So for so maintenance costs such as heating, okay, home insurance, electricity, uh, electricity, uh, and cleaning materials as well. For example, if you're an owner of your property, you could also deduct your property taxes, your mortgage interest, and depreciate a portion of your property as well. Okay, now for the last ones that I just mentioned now, if you were an employee, for example, a salaried employee, you wouldn't be entitled to deduct those expenses. Okay, uh, so and, and also rent, for example, is also another example that you can deduct. Okay, so so it's so the home office expenses you're allowed to deduct as a self employed individual are much broader than as an employee, uh, especially under this pandemic. Okay, so uh, so that's essentially what you're allowed to deduct now. There are prorations again when it comes to these expenses, okay? Because now all these expenses that I mentioned right now, you have to prorate the value of those expenses based on the square footage that your home office represents vis-a-vis the rest of your home. Okay, so for example, if your home office, if the square footage of your home office versus the total square footage of your house represents 10% of your home, then then all the expenses that I mentioned before now for home office, you're only entitled to deduct uh, 10% of those expenses. That's all that's all you can deduct. All right. And what about people who were self-employed before the pandemic received the CERB and now are in a position where they had to repay the CERB? Okay, so there, there's good news there. Okay, so there's 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 good news there because there was some confusion as to the eligibility of collecting the CERB payments. Now, part of the eligibility criteria to claim the CERB payments was based on what the government calls earned income. So this is income that you worked for, whether you were an employee or whether you were self-employed. So what the government mentioned is the fact that you had to have at least $5,000 of earned income during the year or the previous year, okay, in order to be eligible to collect the CERB payment. What the government failed to mention in the announcement for the CERB payments was whether that $5,000 was based on net income, so after expenses, or your gross income before your expenses. So because of that, a lot of individuals thought that it was on gross income when the government thought it was on net income. Okay, so so at that point, a lot of individuals who didn't reach that five thousand dollar threshold, but but had the five thousand under their gross income, okay, well they thought they thought well I meet the criteria because it says five thousand dollars self-employment income. It didn't specify gross or net, so a lot of people went on the gross, only to find out nasty surprise at the end that they had to now repay it because they didn't meet the threshold on their net income. Okay. They had to, they, excuse me, they had to meet the threshold on their net income instead of the gross income. So this is a really, you know, bad surprise for a lot of people. Thankfully, the government realized that yes, they did not clearly stipulate what they based the $5,000 threshold on. And what they did last at the end of last year is they made an announcement to say that if you met the $5,000 threshold on your gross income, 
Okay, uh, in either in either 2019 or 2020, well, then uh, you don't have to repay that CERB uh, benefits that you collected. So that's great news because, of course, you know this is this is very painful for a lot of these individuals. You know, I, I mean, let's like you know, $5,000 self-employment income is not a lot of income. You know, so so at that point, for a lot of these individuals to have to pay back that amount when they needed it to survive was really really bad news for them. But thankfully, the government changed their minds and and they realized the mistake their mistake and. Uh, change the criteria, and now these individuals no longer have to repay. Now, the other thing that was announced in, in that uh, late December announcement is an interest relief on any amount owing, okay, if you collected one of these COVID-related benefits. So for the CERB, unfortunately, the government did not withhold any taxes at source, okay, unfortunately. Now, as employees, you'll notice that in your payroll, you pay your payroll taxes, right? That is you basically prepaying your income tax for the year, okay? And then what happens when you file a tax return is that you're essentially filing a reconciliation statement. You're reconciling with the government whether you've overpaid, which means a refund, or whether you've underpaid, which means an amount owing or an amount due, Okay. Now the issue with the CRB is that there were no withholdings at source, meaning you've automatically underpaid your tax for the year. Okay. Especially if you've also gained other income during the year as well. So this is bad news because in the, because in the end now these individuals have to pay lump sum that income tax because the government did not have any mechanism for for these for these uh, beneficiaries to pay their income tax through a payroll tax. They had none, right? So they they just collected the income, and then unfortunately now they're gonna have a big tax bill to pay at the end of the uh, you know as of right now when they filed their tax return. Mm -hmm. So the great news there is that again the government realized that this, this was an inequity that they had, and what they've done is that they've announced interest relief for these specific individuals. So if if these individuals owe money on their tax return, okay, and they received COVID-related benefits during the year, meaning it could be CERB, it could be the, the program that replaced the CERB, which we're talking the CRB, uh, uh, you know, employment insurance, sick leave related to COVID, okay? If you've received any one of these benefits and you owe money on your 2020 return, thankfully you won't owe any interest on that balance owing until the 30th of December, 2022, meaning you don't have to pay your balance owing right away. No interest will accumulate, no interest gets charged. Uh, it gets charged because you meet that criteria. Okay. Now, uh, it's not the only criteria. Okay. Uh, you need to have, you know, you have to have collected those benefits, and your 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 income, your taxable income, cannot be above seventy five thousand dollars. However, the tax deadline is still April thirtieth. Even if you can't pay, you still need to file by this tax, the end of this tax year, twenty twenty one. Yes, because we have an interest relief. The government didn't announce a penalty relief, right? And a penalty is when you file your tax return late and you owe money, okay? And that penalty is not based on any prevailing interest rates. It's a flat rate of 5% off the bat when you're late filing your return, and then a 1% for every month that you're late afterwards filing your return. So there's no penalty relief. Absolutely right, Ida. It's a good point to, to bring up. There's no penalty relief, which means 
file your tax return right away as soon as you can, even if you owe money. Remember that even if you file late, doesn't mean your debt disappears with the government. Okay, you still have to pay that amount to the CRA. But the good news is if you file on time, you don't have to pay them right away. You can wait until April 30th, 2022 to pay that balance owing because you don't, you're not going to be charged any interest. But if you're late filing, you will be charged a penalty on that balance owing. So file your tax return as soon as possible. Well, this covers pretty much everything on our topic today, the sharing economy. Is there anything you would like to add uh, before we sign off? So uh, just again, uh, you know, all the resources that we offer to, to, to everybody of, uh, as far as being able to, uh, you know, on information on their tax returns and what, ha you know, uh, everything that affects the tax return. Uh, everything is found on our website, which is ufile.ca. Do not hesitate to go on our website. Uh, this particular uh, podcast is related to a blog article that we've written on this topic. So all the details are there, including uh, everything that, that relates to the interest relief that I mentioned before. So it's all there. So go to ufile.ca. You simply hover over the tips and tools tab and then choose the ufile blog and we have several articles in there uh, where we mention uh, where, where we mentioned about different tax topics that are helpful to you now we also have a great resource as well which we call tax and you on the same website so on ufile.ca in the same tab hover over tips and tools we've got an option called ufile tax and you where you get answers to specific frequent questions frequent tax questions that are asked all the time okay so all the resources are there to help you to pr to properly produce your tax return well thank you very much jerry so this concludes our podcast for today so we'll see each other again in two weeks yes absolutely all thank right so much, take everybody. care thanks bye-bye Take care, everybody bye-bye